the only thing that sucks about Southwest is it takes a goddamn century to get off the plane because everyone's got the littlest old lady with like a eighty pound carry on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pulling it off, like it's Christ. Uh, oh well. Um, but yeah, we're good. It's all happening. That's Down good wood. to know. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff in Las Vegas, another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Sipping on a beer today uh, while we record the show. Needed this one today, Tony. Uh, yesterday, uh, not only is the anxiety, the packing anxiety hit us all pretty hard here, we had a little bit of a panic last night around maybe just about this time last night, uh, which was pretty wild. But how are you first? I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm excited now at this point. I've got past Melbourne Cup Day and now your trip is real. Yep. So I'm very excited to have Happening. you guys in the country. Uh, catch up on Messenger. I might have to up my phone so we can talk to each other and I can actually ring you. So up my phone plan a whole $5 to get some international Good idea. Well, so yesterday uh, I get a uh, I get an email around this time, maybe a little bit later, maybe more like 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time. And I can – Tony, I'll tell you exactly what the email says because I can pull it up. Um, okay. This says – the FBI? Uh, oh, sorry. Amer- the FBI, no. It's, uh, it says right here, uh, yes, 8.20 p.m., 22 hours ago, Tuesday, November 7th. Please call us. Your flight changed. Uh, I got a record locator on here. It is the record locator for my flights to and from uh, your beautiful country there. It just says one or more of your American Airlines flights was changed and we were unable to automatically rebook you. That's what the email says. So I get on the phone, uh, you know, immediately. Yeah. Uh, so while, while I'm dialing, while I'm on uh, like 30 seconds of hold, I'm scrolling to the app. I'm looking at the um, uh, app and, and fortunately, first thing comes up, it refreshes. My flight outbound is there. So I'm going, I, the, the flight from LAX to Sydney, perfect. All good. Excellent. If We're you good, come no on, issue there. No All right, great. Figure out the rest. I got 90 days to figure out the rest of it. Um, but there's no return flight on there. So I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. I should figure out what that is at least. So I get um, on there. I'm like, okay, what, what happened here? And, and she gets up there and it just turns out, Nothing changed. They changed the code share flight number. That's it. The <laughs> flight number changed. Like, moved like 10 numbers down or something. And essentially, you just ended up sending out this mass email that's like, everything's fucked. You know? <laughs> and she would have been dealing with this all day. Without a doubt. Yeah, it, it's wonderful. So I, uh, I call the... Well, I mean, they, they, it's fine. The only thing I got super anxious about, I'm like, okay, if they're rebooking me on this flight, if they fuck with my upgrade, I am be going to be enraged. 
Yes. Uh, they didn't. So everything's fine with my, I'm, I'm in my upgrade. I have the same seat I had on the same flight. Everything's the same except the flight number is different. That's the only thing that changed. And all that panic was just because of a, not even the flight number of the Qantas flight. That's the same. Yep. It was literally the American the other shake number, code. the code share number that got dumped over. And I'm like, this is so fucked. And, uh, but thank God everything was, uh, was okay. Unfortunately they did at that time say, Oh, it looks like you got upgraded. We, now we can finalize getting your miles. Uh, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I was, I was, I was hoping that that was, they'd never notice, but they, uh, they took my miles away for my, my extra, whatever it costs, the miles upgrade costs or whatever. They took it away. So there's no panic. Everything's fine. <sighs> there was, panic. we're good to go. There was light panic. Um, Honestly, if I I could have figured out a way to get home, there's there's a, it seems like there's a few flights a day between Melbourne and uh, some city in the U.S. Yes, any of them are fine. I have to go to Dallas, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, it's it it's just a stop. So all good, but I I can't wait. We leave in uh, just about forty eight hours, twenty four hours. I'll be in Long Beach, chilling out, drinking. Tony, some blind, pliny, uh, some uh, Russian River blind pig. I'm thinking tomorrow. That sounds down good. at uh, local Beachwood, uh, not Beachwood, Long Beach bar. In 48 hours, I'll be chilling out in the lounge, the flagship lounge at LAX, uh, putting my feet up, uh, relaxing, enjoying maybe a fancy Negroni or something. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like you've got it all sorted. So once you get to the state of California, you can just kick back do your thing and not have to worry about life. And so it turns into an 18-day vaca- vacation rather than 16 or whatever the fuck it is. About 16, although the one day is one day is sort of th- two days or so. Uh, and one day, you know, it ends up being 16. They, they give and take each other. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's going to be lovely. I don't – I won't go back to work after tomorrow until the 27th. That's pretty sick. Yep. Um, so it's it's pretty good. Uh, our first day uh, while we're in Sydney, we're going to Wildflower, and uh, we're taking Pmax advice and going to the Quarrymans. So I'm pretty excited for that day already. Can't wait. Sounds like um, you're going to kick it off right. Um, and it's, it's interesting when you've sort of got a little bit of insight from the local public. You don't need to hit hit up the like. Opera House first day and the Circular Key first day. You can you can work your way into those and actually hit up some unique oh, places yeah. that aren't just tourist traps. We will be doing some of those things. I know we've got a couple of the beach walks planned, stuff like that. That I'm, I'm you pretty have to excited do that. And going up to Manly and go to Circular Key, all those things. So well, very excited for those things, of course. Well, actually, um, interesting to note, um, there is a Australian TV show on the Special Broadcasting Service. SBS is known locally. Um, Great okay. Australian Walks, uh, hosted by Julia Zamiro. So if you want to check that out on your um, on your whatever streaming service, even if you need a, a VPN, okay. we should get a VPN partnership. Everybody seems to be able to get that and a Manscaped um, sponsorship. Seems like you don't need high standards to get either of those two. Um that's definitely worth checking out. Even if you don't do any of the walks, it's just interesting to see somebody else 
um, walk the Australian countryside and and you find out unique bits of history that you may miss when you're just walking it yourself. Yeah. It's kind of like the walking versions of diners drive in and and dives because how many what percentage of places do you go to out of that show? There's probably me been- putting my putting my putting a little like a child like a kid with the car costume he's walking around with and putting the Guy Fieri hair on and walking around. Sydney, like, what's up? I could. I'm here on another walk with another, you know, Guy Fieri thing or whatever. Now, if you ever have to do a Halloween dress-up party, I'm not saying you ever will, but if you have to do one, your first thought has to be Guy Fieri and make yourself a cardboard red car. To yeah, I think the cardboard red car would be a nice. Like, I think a lot of people show up as Guy Fieri with the flame shirt and the crazy hair, but I think if you have the Corvette. Hanging yep. off your shoulders. I think that's a pretty good, or Camaro, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, you're looking, that's looking pretty cool. Um, yep. I don't know what kind of car it is. I don't know shit about cars. Um, <laughs> speaking of VPNs, Tony, I had to use mine the other day. Uh, I, I realized that I keep using my VPN and to lie and say I'm in different US cities so that I can watch hockey. <laughs> that's my current use of it. It's just such bullshit. Isn't that everybody do that use for a VPN? Blackout. Shit, do you guys have to do blackouts? Deal no. with blackouts there? No, oh, no such we don't. Dog shit, dude. Because we don't have local broadcasting teams. So with the major sports, right. they're nationally televised. So whether you're – like if, if you're in Melbourne, you can you can still stream it on Foxtel or, or the, the free-to-air places because, yeah. yeah. There's... ESPN was blacking out the Lakers game for me. <laughs> Bro. I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't know what channel I would watch that on. I guess I'd have to have cable. Yeah, you'd have to have old spectrum. school cable. Right, and I'd be getting Spectrum, and I'm not sure that's even carried on all these. But then, um, I, I'm i like, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and the Golden Knights are always blacked out, so I have to say I'm in like, well, I'm in Chicago, so you can show me the Golden Knights game. Uh, yep. And then I can, of course, also watch the Bulls game if I say I'm in Chicago, so get away with both. But, um, yeah, it's it's pretty messed up. Uh, but the VPN does help with that. Also, we had to use it the other night because somebody drove their car into, the tra- into like, a transformer or something and blew up DirecTV's connection here in, in Vegas. So we couldn't access anything. I was at a little, like, uh, hang for a friend's birthday, and we were trying to turn the Knights game on, and... <laughs> Some a car had driven into the direct TV, whatever power source, I guess, but it was pretty fucked up. Well, speaking of like outages, we've got two major um, telecommunications network. We'd sort of spoken about it off air because I wanted to make sure you weren't part of the Vodafone network because that's a piece of shit. But there were more than 10 million customers affected for. I don't know how many hours uh, it was, but Optus's network was completely out. Their internet, their telephone, wow. their cell service, just out. And nothing you could do about it. So, yeah, um, the head brewer at Mafco uh, had to use the old school landline out of the brewery because it was wow. luckily Tel- Telstra. But, yeah, a lot of businesses use um, Optus, of course, for their ATM and not ATM, but FPOS mm. machines and and digital mm. transactions and stuff, and that would have caused havoc. There was a nationwide Square outage here. Square being the little um, 
credit card swiper doodad yep. that's pretty ubiquitous here. Yeah, there was a nationwide outage and nobody could pay anything. Um, and and there's even some like brought like POS systems that I think Square has their own POS, POS systems, but I think some of the other ones utilize their payment processing component yeah, they, that are just more like restaurant them. focused or whatever. And uh, they were fucked too. So that was fun. That was a fun moment where. I mean, it was it was actually fine in Vegas, I think, because a lot of people in Vegas carry cash, very cash forward city, especially yep. compared to say Chicago. Um, I think it may have something to do with game gambling. Gambling may have uh, could have something to do with that. A tie to that. Um, but yeah, that was that was fucked up. Uh, Tony, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, your actually recent experience with brewing. I guess you had been. Uh, I know you've cooked up a beer recently. Yes. Over at Mafco, I, I believe it was specifically for me to to drink, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, of it's course, only it's, for that purpose. Yes, yeah, solely for that person right. purpose. Because I know how swole you are with all the um, heavy workouts that you do at the gym all the time. You're absolutely crushing it. Been busting not, my ass, yeah. yeah. So it's called Arm Bender, and um, we <laughs> uh, don't know whether I can share this with you, um, but I do have a tap decal done which i modeled after you oh um perfect finally yes someone's paying attention um i'll send it to you later or i'll put it on the discord it's great um so i modeled that after you and it uh is an esb (laughs) one of my favorite styles one of your favorite styles i do love an esb yeah and i think you'll be getting a lot of reps drinking it um we had a brew day a couple of weeks ago it went really smoothly uh, surprisingly smoothly, really considering um, Jimmy's twenty brews in on the system, there were there were no even small issues. It just absolutely worked from five thirty in the morning until we were done. Um, there were no stuck sparges or anything like that. We got in the day before, got all the grain bill sorted, had it all pre measured, had some of it in the hopper ready to go, and. Um, yeah, I've monitored the fermentation early on. Once it was done, I handed it over to Jimmy, and it's just been cold crash now. So, yeah, it, of hey, course, who? it wasn't brewed for you, but it is now our festival beer for the Gippsland Beer Festival. That will be the beer. Yes, that we're I heard that's coming up. Yep, just after you leave. When is it? Just after now. you leave. <laughs> Could have delayed my flight. The um, uh, you know who loves an ESB. Is Chris Kelly. Ah. So she's going to be going nuts about this ESB. She's going to be an ESB and an English mild, especially a dark mild. Yep. Are really in her wheelhouse. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking with the remainder of the Fuggles and the East Kent that I'm, I may brew a, a dark English mild as mm. a sort of mid mm. to like strength beer that I think will appeal to the local public, sort of like a fancy two years old. Okay, yeah. Oh, two he's old. I want. I got to get some of these shitty beers. Yeah, you do. Um, Tony, I, I stumbled on this earlier, and I found the tab, and I forgot to put it in our doc. And I cannot believe this, <clears throat> but um, there is a bar called the Beer Engine that uh, we have never talked about in our almost two hundred episodes, probably more than two hundred episodes of this podcast. I didn't know it existed, and. Uh, there's a bar called Beer Engine. It's in Lakewood, Ohio. 
And uh, I thought before we actually get to see each other in person for the first time since the existence of this podcast, um, I thought I could go take it. We could go through the the draft list here. Yeah, it's, I'll say this: it represents our podcast quite well. I think <laughs> as a draft list. So uh, why don't we run this down? This is the beer. En- this is called Beer Engine, not the Beer Engine. So it's really just a tribute to us, but. Uh, it's a gastro pub in Lakewood, Ohio. Uh, they have 30 drafts, so not a crazy amount. First first uh, beer on draft, 6% from Fanta Flora, is Pat Pap Salted Lager, uh, which sounds amazing. It's a Dortmunder lager brewed with ancient Appalachian sea salt. Uh, oh. Killer. Fun. Yep. We have some Jackie O's barrel-aged maple barley wine. We have Rothhaus Pills, an awesome German pills. Uh, we have some barrel-aged stout barley wine blend from Masthead in Ohio. Reisdorf Kolsch, Bavik Super Pills, uh, Einger Brauweiss, uh, Zombie Dust. <laughs> this, I'm just reading down the list. Zombie Dust. Yep. Um, there's some beers that I don't recognize from Ohio. Fine. Uh, yep. Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. Yep. Um, uh, some Fatheads IPA. Fatheads a good brewery. Great Lakes IPA. Uh, Premium XB Coniston Bluebird Bitter. Perfect for us. That's a, yep. a great beer. Uh, got to, of course we got some Drecker Gloop. You know we'd have to have at least one Gloop on in our in our bar. We would. Uh, Leafman's Creek Brute. Yep. Um, uh, the Glazen Torren Saison d'Herbemer. Uh, Nick just blowing his brains out listening to me talk. <laughs> um, St. Bernardus Triple. And Gosa. St. Bernardus Christmas Ale. Ale Smith Apple Brandy Stout. Now that is Ma- another masthead, barrel aged barley wine. Edmund Fitzgerald Porter. Hell yeah. Um, and then we got some dry cider from Hart or, you know, some Market Garden. I don't know what that is. Uh, Guinness draft. I don't know. I, maybe I'd keep that around. People do love it. Yeah. Um, Duval Gold Nail, Lachouf Blonde, um, Van Steenberg Wit, Chimay Red, Chimay Blue. So this draft list is fire, dude. <laughs> it is. Uh, do I want to go to Lakewood, Ohio? I don't know. I don't actually know where Lakewood, Ohio is. It is. Which part of Ohio is this in? Okay, it's how long? Is this along Lake Erie? I don't know. Oh, it's near Cleveland. This is the good part. This is the part of Ohio you would prefer to be in if you're going to have to be in Ohio. Yep. Is the Cleveland part. Um, that's the more interesting part to me. The south part, the Dayton, Columbus, Cincinnati part. Yep, gotcha. Uh, uh, <laughs> Lakewood, you got a lake there. I know Cleveland's sort of a got a little bit of a rust belt element to it, but they do have some good restaurants. I know it's changed a lot over the last decade or so, but I would, uh, yeah, if I find my way to Cleveland, my ass is going to be at the beer engine because this draft list is fire, and I think it, I think it represents us almost perfectly, Tony. It it does, but one thing: if you're doing, you're traveling from Chicago to there, you're probably going to have to travel through Indiana, and I know how much of an issue That's that is for you. Now, I've done it a lot of times, Tony. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you have. Now I am a lazy man. Now I did drive across the country, but 
that drive is coming up on six, seven hours. I know we have at least one friend and listener who who's made that drive many, many times. I'm pretty lazy, Tony. I might just be hopping on Southwest Airlines and uh, you know taking that 45 minute flight over to Cleveland. Well, I don't blame nice, you. Huh? Just bounce right over uh, Indiana. You don't even, you don't even touch it. Um, I think that's the move. Now, Tony, um, just to keep on our usual topics, not to not to spend my whole time talking about me going to Australia like <laughs> we already did. One topic that we've loved over the years that I don't think we've covered in a while, we're going to bring it back, is me emptying my fucking wallet on various beers, which has been happening yet again. And by various, you mean a couple of beers, maybe one or two. That's really the heart of the problem, actually, is really the volume I'm turning out here. It's not, not much. Um, we all know that I uh, have been handing money away to Horace for a few years now. Yep. I, I, I keep saying that will end. I really do think it will end um, sometime in the relative near future. But today, uh, the first week in November, it's a big day because... It's Benthic Day, Tony. It is the day this morning at 7 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Central. They dropped, Half Acre dropped Benthic uh, for purchase on the Osner site. O-Z-N-R, for those of you who are familiar. O-Z. Or aren't familiar. Yeah. Yeah, O-Z-N-R, sorry. And it's a, uh, it's like a fucking website where they put like, uh, razzles and in this case you can just buy like pre-order beer and stuff yep but uh i got one i nailed it down i was on there at 7 a.m it was tony i want you to take a guess what did it go for what did the benthic pack go for well let's do it after i read what the beers are because then yeah. i think that'll make it easier um let me uh let me let me pull them up here so that we we can go through all of them it obviously comes with a four-pack of Benthic, and if you're not familiar with Benthic, Tony, it is, of course, the uh, coconut and coffee uh, barrel-aged, classic barrel-aged stout by uh, Half Acre. And the other ones you have here. So we have that with a four-pack. The barrels on this one, 13.6%. The regular barrels, uh, the blend is Willet, Heaven Hill, Orange Wine, Wild Turkey, Elijah Craig, Rittenhouse Rye, and Bliss Maple Syrup Vanilla. So that's interesting, huh? Yeah. Uh, That's just regular Benthic. We get a two-pack of Vanilla Benthic. Uh, That's the same barrels with vanilla. Yep. Uh, We get a two-pack of Chocolate Hazelnut Benthic. So this one is just Old Fitz. Elijah Craig, Willett, and Heaven Hill added chocolate ha- chocolate and hazelnut, and this one goes up to 14.8%. I always feel like that's a classic combination with Benthic for whatever reason. I'm not sure whether they've only done it once in the past, but I always think that there's a, a hazelnut variation of Benthic. I've never had a hazelnut one. Oh, there this you will go. be a new one for me. Now we get serious with these last two. Uh, the two-pack of the Immortal Vintage Blend uh, age 10 to 33 months. These barrels are Blanton's, Eagle Rare, Brown Foreman, Wild Turkey, and Old Fitzgerald. It gets you to 14.2%. So that's the fancy barrels. 
Yep. And the last one is the is the the one we've all loved before. This is like the greatest one, but it's so over the top. Two by four benthic, oh, yes. two x coffee, four x toasted coconut. It's all your classic again. Willet, Heaven Hill, Wild Turkey, Elijah Craig, Rittenhouse, Bliss. Tony, I want you to tell me that is what's the total there? We got two. Uh, sorry, we got four, eight, twelve beers, twelve benthics of varying uh, length and barrels and different uh, adjuncts. You get a fucking custom box. You know I love getting that. It's a uh-huh. uh, cardboard box. Um, it does look cool. You know, yep. the art on all this shit's amazing. Half a year does great art. So what do you think the total is before I, you know, Shooting this, tax. uh, before we, no taxes and fees. Fuck that. We're not doing that. We're just yep. going to do base price here. So how many beers again? And the size of the, oh, you're still on mute. 12, 12, 12 ounce cans. 12, 12 ounce cans. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, and this is me, I think I'm going to be under. I'm going to go $210. Oh, Tony, you went over. Amazing. Oh. I couldn't, I can't believe it. Uh, I was blown away by this price. I thought this was so crazy for 12 beers. I know they're fancy beers. Um, it's one eighty four. It was one eighty four ninety five. So all out the door, Tony. It was actually two eleven. So you were very close there. If you include the taxes and the fees, we're doing that and everything. We're doing that. <laughs> it, it ended up being two two eleven. So you're right on the nose there. Um. <clears throat> so uh, that did uh, that did happen. I got my hands on that. So I'll be picking that up. Uh, next month, I guess. Um, yep. Now, guess what happened yesterday, though, Tony? Was the pre-order for DBVSOJ uh, from <laughs> Revolution, among other things. Now, I already get, with my season ticket, a four-pack of DBVSOJ. Yep. Uh, so, fine. I didn't go nuts. Uh, now, I did get slightly pissed. I did miss the pre-order. I fucked up. Sorry, it's not DBVSOJ, it's DBVSOD. Uh, very very special death, uh, death, whatever, the stout. Um, yep. Amazing beer. I, uh, I did not hit the pre-order, so I just get my one four-pack, although I did pay our friend W-Tudes uh, f- some money for two extra cans since he got his hands on the full pre-order. He bought the full allotment. Smart. Yep. Mr. W-Tudes, that was a good move by you. And I did get myself an extra Ryeway and straight jacket since those just went up too. Tony, what do you think uh, DBV four pack of DBVSOD is going for? Uh, if you're wondering what DBVSOD is, um, it's VVSOD, but like, uh, will they tell me what the exact like blend is here this year? I'm having such a hard time <laughs> finding out. Let's see. No, it just says it represents everything we love about making the Deepwood series. Um, twice the Oaken character. I don't know. It's just, you know, mag- mega barrel blend. Yep. I'm going to go, so straight four pack, no variance in this. 
So it's just the same. One, fifth, one, one, one four pack. One four pack. I'm going to go $50. Yeah, you got it. 50 bucks. There you go. On the money. 50, 50 bucks. Um, also very jealous of the uh, special releases they'll be doing this weekend, but uh, that's okay. It'll be one. You know what? I think I'll be spending enough money on beer, among other things, over the next couple of weeks. So I suppose we'll just have to stick with my couple hundred bucks I've already tossed right yeah. down into my uh, gullet here. So Come on, pretty you, good. You it was also, fun. You also just done a payment for a bunch of Australian beers. Now we're going to have to sort out when you get access to those. And guess what else got shipped to my house today, Tony, for one last treat. I was opening a cardboard box for the first time in a while and had a whole motherfucking bunch of packing peanuts fly out of my face as I got my first box of burial beers in a hot minute shipped to me. Uh, A small order because I knew I was leaving. I didn't want to be cart, have a bunch of beer stuck in my fridge. Yep. Um, That's wise. So uh, we have a stout and I picked up the, the, the classic heavy resin triple IPA. Uh, so I'll be bringing a couple cans of that and a bottle of the stout. We'll talk more about this a little bit later in our game, Ooh. but uh, we, um, I just, I think we're going to have, we have a nice little fun set of beers and we'll get Tony excited by pushing him into a well. It'll be very fun. Do you reckon I can push uh, you into a well? I wonder if I can do the the game in reverse and get you. What beers are you picking up? That'd be fun. Let's do that as well at the same time. Might be an extra long edition right. of the game anyway. No, we can try it. Yeah, we're we're both we're both stuck down there, fucking circle jerking. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. I mean, we didn't do it last week, so why don't we uh, take a pass before our little break coming up through our through our Discord here. How far back I got to go? The 25th would be last time we did the Discord. Um, okay, well, let's start in the general. Now, I thought this was interesting, Tony. We didn't get to talk about this last week since we had a a nice lady on we didn't want to gross her out too bad yeah but fair with enough. these guys I mean, with you i don't know who gives a shit <laughs> oh, uh, this is from a tweet uh amaranth now amaranth is a streamer i believe a gaming streamer or among other whatever else she does she's collabing with a beer company to brew a new flavor using her vaginal yeast why not so <laughs> um so I was gonna. I looked this up. Uh, now this is a Polish beer company, so not to be, not to be too um, <laughs> racist. Racist, but Eastern Europeans are like leaders in being creeps. I just want that out there. Yeah. Hey, it's one hundred percent. It's why Andrew Tate moved to Eastern Europe because of is it for <laughs> Romania, isn't he? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not Poland so, as a whole. It's 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 a continent. We're being racist against a continent, and that's different. Yeah, she's an OnlyFans model. So yeah, that that was creepy. Her, I thought great. you were actually Nothing. having a go at the aerobics Oz style as being creepy. That's not creepy. It is kind of creepy. The art style for the beer, it is a little bit creepy. Oh yeah, definitely creepy. 
But as I was saying, um, we were going back to the aerobics Oz style because that was in the chat as well. Don't know whether we spoke. Oh, about there's that. like there's there's titties on these pages. What what is this? <laughs> She's an OnlyFans. This is a beer website. There's no, but it's like I'm, I'm on the beer page. I'm on the website for the beer company. There's no... Have we got an Fuck. old fashioned game of guess who muff beer engine style? Can. They aren't, and they're, oddly enough, they aren't actually showing the muff. They're, it's all come on. Um, <laughs> okay, he's been sidetracked. I'm looking people. at a fucking website. I don't know what this is. So there's a helpful diagram here, Tony. Have you ever been to a brewery that has like the um, you know the kind of corny diagram that says like uh, has oh, the arrows and it's like oh first it goes from the grain mill to the mash tun to yep. the uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, this one has has a has a picture of like a girl's ass, uh, like a lady, a pencil drawing of a lady with her ass out and high heels on, and the arrow points to like a clip art of like a lab, test <laughs> tubes, fucking beakers and shit, and then an arrow just to bottles. Oh, that is nice. <laughs> that's, they, that's apparently how they how they make it. That's really funny. Uh, view lab process. Oh, how much do I want to know? Oh, no, it just takes you to the same website. Okay, thank you. Um, circles. You can never So it. creepy, dude. This is so gross. Essence beer. And then you scroll down and there's nudity. I mean, all nudity. Uh, so imagine a woman of your dreams, your object of your... I can't read this. I can't read this on the air. This is so... Nasty, dude. This will get you on Nasty, list. nasty. I hope you're using your VPN. Nasty, nasty, nasty. You can also look at what what ladies they are working with. What yeast? Uh, so you can you can you can see that. And <laughs> dude, okay, come back a, to us. Come back to us. This is one topic. Here's We've the process. So they actually do talk through the process, Tony. If you're <laughs> okay. wondering. He's stuck, people. He's stuck. I know. No, 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 no. Uh, I just want to say that because Tony's a beer maker. I want Tony to know how they went about this. In the lab, it says, we have discovered a process of transmission of her essence, her femininity, her f- femininity, her instincts by the isolation of lactic acid bacteria from her yoni. Uh, and again, creepy pictures. And then we go to... Safety. We go right from the that that very vague description to step two, safety. Uh, what? The crucial part of the process is to ensure the safety of our product. During isolation, the material is examined for the absence of other bacteria and viruses. Blah, viruses? Blah, uh, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Those almost those just these procedures present or prevent them from surviving thus allowing only the lactobacillus bacteria to grow. So essentially all they're doing, they're, they're t- it, it sounded like to me, the reason I wanted to point this out was, it sounded like to me this was all, it's all show. Yes. Right, this is all a bit. All they're doing is cultivating a lactobacillus culture. Which can be cultivated just about anywhere. Right. So there's nothing about any of these beers that really is going to have anything differential about it uh, from another, right? It's it's a no. probably a half-assed um, 
malt bill with a culture uh, uh, fermented with lactobacillus. Yes. Yep. That's exactly. And that's it. That's it. Yep. So all this being creepy, all this, I mean, the whole website is straight up like, um, softcore porno. It's, uh, it's all in the service of making a pretty uninteresting beer. I would say, (laughs) um, that really captures nothing, right? They, they isolate lactobacillus, which you could get off my desk, presumably. Um, and then say, okay, well now we're, now we're, um, cultivating lactobacillus and raising a culture and and that's it. So fucking stupid, but yes, I got sidetracked. That is so stupid and so fucking creepy. Um, I really do not like that behavior. I'm anti. Now, which three beers would you rather drink? That, the rogue um, beard beer, or the okay. um, Singtao P malt bill beer? I'll drink the beard beer. I don't care about that. That doesn't bug me. Okay, just thought I would ask. At least, yeah. No, I think I think the beard beer is essentially the same shit. It's the same idea. Yeah, it is. And I've at least it. it just came from some, it's just, it's just, it's whatever. It's not, it's less creepy. It's, it's not good, but it's whatever it is. Um, I don't want piss. I don't need piss. I mean, pass. And then this, I just, I think just, I don't think this beer is going to taste good or bad or whatever. I just think it's going to be, it might taste bad because this brewery might just suck ass at brewing and only be creeps. But yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with any, of the whatever they're doing. I don't, I don't think it's irrelevant at this point. Now, just out of interest um, for you, I've found Kelly's um, Christmas present from you. Oh, God. I was looking for news on Ultra Right Beer. There's nothing. They, they just go months without any. I know. Anything this, new. I just. <laughs> conservative. The official conservative dad's Ultra Right Beer one piece swimsuit. Uh, we got a we got a lady here modeling it. Uh, it's it's a it's quite ugly. Um, it's the super suit. ugly. But the interesting yeah, it's thing just too, that yeah, I what's what's interesting here, like you would expect a product like this. Well, I would expect a product like this to like, regardless of like what's going on, he would find a way to get it manufactured in the U.S. in some shitty factory, and so he could put made in U.S. on it. But obviously he's getting this made in China or India somewhere for the cheapest price possible because there's no Made in America stamp on that. And you know he would have put that first and foremost right at the front. Um, I think the one picture, like the first picture, it does appear the lady's like actually wearing it. Oh, the rest are all just um, photoshopped. The second, the rest of them are just like, um, yeah, it's like when you make something on, uh, what was that old website where you, like like a Zazzle. Yeah. Yep. Or whatever, you know, it's just, it, and especially the uh, the back of this is really ugly. It's even worse, actually. I think the yeah, back is even worse. It's Ugh. asymmetrical. But I've, I do find it interesting that it goes to a 3XL, which I think is where the majority of his sales are going to be, knowing that crowd. Yeah. I think I would do the, the move is to get in the, do the Borat. Uh, <laughs> Man Kenny. With this thing. Right, yeah, I think that I think that's what you want to go with if you're going to buy this thing. That's pretty ugly. Uh, yeah, ultra ripe beer selling one pieces, very cool. Now, I thought they'd be more like green M M&M and M types, where they'd be like, "Oh, can can we even have sexy bikinis anymore?" 
and we even have a sexy bikini and and put ultra right or put Trump's face on the yeah, but instead they've gone for the one piece. Like, what, whatever. what what crowd is that aimed at? Is that like the uh, BYU crowd? Is it BYU? Is that the Mormon University crowd? Mormons, yeah, it's the Mormons. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of weird. You, yeah, you would think bikini would be the way to go for that crowd, but hey, maybe I'm wrong. If I support any brewery making a beer made with uh, cultivated vaginal yeast. It's that one. I want to. I, I want to. Fa- I want to see if they do it. If they do it, I challenge them to uh, do a yoni beer um, <laughs> with Lauren Bobert. We haven't uh, heard much out of her right. lately. <laughs> I, she's got. She got the vape in her mouth. She, when when's she gonna talk? This is true. Uh, Next up in our beer chat, good beer chat over the last couple of weeks. I felt bad that we weren't able to keep up with it there. Um, now we did have uh, who who we got here. Oh yeah, um, let's jump down to Tony. Tony with his brew day. Tony yep. brewing at at Mafco. Looks like a nice brew house you guys got. Yeah, down there. I'm excited about that. Can't wait to try it. Um. Max Allotment, who is drinking some good-looking beers over the last week or two, uh, he was drinking Schwartz beer here, the Bergsteiger from Treehouse. Uh, cocoa powder with a tinge of smoke over a light, clean, light-drinking body. Sounds like a killer fall lager there. Um, we have Dick Torque drinking some Carlton Draft at the Royal Standard Hotel. I don't know which town that's cool. in. Yeah, I don't wonder that too. Like, I suppose I could Google it. It should pop up. It should be somewhere in Victoria. You presume, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, it looks like, uh, and I and I do have a story on Bad Shepherd a little bit later. But Bad Shepherd has come out of the administration. Um, yep. Still in control of their own brewery, which is good news for them. This is what happens when brewers um, take proactive measures because. They said they were doing it proactively, and and good that they have. Now, this was interesting from Nick. Uh, He went down to the Dizzy Rooster. Now, this is, uh, he says it's a good place. I I don't know where this is going to, where is this, Tony? Is this a place I could actually get to? Probably Uh, not. Probably not. Um, All the way out near him. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I'll Google it. Oh, yeah. It's a... Austin, Texas. Don't tell me where stuff is in Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, looks like they had three mountain cultures, a bent spoke, two big sheds, a great selection. Um, it is a great selection. Looks like a, they did have the Golden Gay Time Stout, uh, and they had the Sierra Nevada collab. So that's awesome. Um, Max back at it. He's got the Raven, a black IPA. He said this one was kind of wimpy with the roasted malt dialed back. Drinks like a creamy IPA with sweet citrus and a touch of spruce. Not enough uh, dark, not enough black IPA punch on that one. I can see that for sure. Um, one time, Tony, I had a a uh, New England style black IPA. What? Which I guess this is what it would be. It was just, it was, yeah. I'm like, I don't understand what that means. Uh, yeah. It wasn't very good though. Um. Nick, uh, Nick was at the Wacky Moondog World uh, Barbecue Festival. I am excited to go to Moondog World. It Looks is, like a wild place. I'm, uh, I'm pumped to take a look. 
And uh, then we had a new brewery, Tony. Steam Jacket Brewing, operating out of the former Future Mountain with some Oak Age Lager and Golden Sour, both pretty good. And um, it's funny, uh, when Nick put up that first photo, I hadn't even read the post, and I'm like, that's Future Mountain. And sure enough, it was. I know those steps pretty well. We had him at uh, Carwin drinking some Monkish. Can't complain about that. I, well, I'm excited to see what they're going to have floating around. Um, when I walk into Carwin, and then Tony, excited you got your hands on the Sierra Nevada collab. I'm excited to try it. Did you get? Did you get? Did you get to try it? What'd you think? I have tried it. I cleaned out Maf- Mafra IGA. They had ten cans left. I grabbed all ten, 10 cans. Um, so I, I had two Melbourne Cup Day, and they were delicious and citrusy and bright. Really, the perfect beer uh, for an Aussie summer. Great. So very um, pleased that I got my hands on that because it lives up to the hype. Um, and I will be giving you a handful of those beers too. You can't miss out on it. Um, yeah, and that was Very my buddy exciting. Nick who was obviously in his jacuzzi for Melbourne Cup Day. Nice. Uh, now, did you, did you make any money? Yes, I did actually. You, yeah, you did. Yeah, All I right. picked up uh, about 100, so that that's a pretty good day on the horses. That's amazing. I've never had luck with horses. I've gotten only destroyed at horses. Oh, I had a really good day going to the Derby Day Live one year. So Derby Day is the weekend before Melbourne Cup Day on the Saturday. Um, And it's fairly well attended, has similar sort of numbers. And um, I had a, a fund, a gambling fund. But on the first race, I picked the winner. So I doubled my bet on the second race. I picked the winner, doubled my bet, got a place. So I kept, oh my God. kept right. the bet at the same point. By the time we got round to um, the main event, I was up to $100, uh, which I could have split $50 each way on a horse. I went $100 on the nose, it came in. I walked out of there $2,000 um, up on when I started. Damn. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Paid for my entire weekend. Yeah, I was a... Tony, when you're here in Vegas, not to get ahead two trips, yeah. but when you're here in Vegas, um, we got to go to the Resorts World where they have a modern uh, send-up of the Sigma Derby. You know I love my Sigma uh, Derby. Yeah, so they got the uh, the little horses scurrying around a little automated track. I think it's called Fortune Cup or something like that. <laughs> they have a big video screen and... I'm going to say this, and this is going to be a deep cut for any listeners of in the Malika verse. Uh, a little bit of a digihorse vibe. <laughs> I was getting strong digihorse <laughs> off of the Fortune Cup. Good pull <laughs> uh, horses. So uh, it, it, I'll never, I'll never let go of digihorse. Uh, I don't think I have the anymore, but. Um, Tony, all right, let's, uh, what else we got here? Oh, the last thing I wanted to talk about this one in the beer chat, Max Allotman, this today, drinking uh, this dry hopped lager from Treehouse. I mean, those Treehouse just so good with hops. Yeah. Um, Yep. Now, this cheesesteak he's eating looks fucking good to me, Tony. I'm going to tell you why. I'm not a big cheesesteak eater. I, I want to love them. I should love them because I love Italian beef sandwiches. And I'm sure Max can answer to this, and he'll tell me I suck, and I'm just going to the wrong places. But every time I've been in in Philadelphia, I've gotten one, and I've said, why no salt? And now I understand I eat Italian beef among the saltiest foods 
man is able to consume without like having electrolyte imbalance and <laughs> dying. Um, but it does, it just feels under season to me. And, and I guess maybe I'm just going to the wrong shitty places. Could be true. Um, this one looks legit. I love that there's a nice color on this. I love the onions on there, the way they look. And the thing I want to talk about, the bread is looking real good. I love this sesame bread. That type of bread is so in my wheelhouse. Yep. Um, I love when like Italian subs are on the sesame semolina loaf or whatever. God damn it. That's good. <laughs> um, anyways, it made me really want a sandwich. Um, so I got to get, I got to hook up with, with BMO and get him to send me that sandwich lady that he got sent. It says <laughs> that could really appeal to me. Yeah. Um, um, do you have yours with whiz? I know Max Allotments doesn't have um, whiz on his, but do you think? So I would do whiz and the whiz. Uh, so the one here, I had not had it with whiz, whiz wit. I had not had that in Philadelphia. But I had it here at straight from Philly here in Vegas, and that's still the best cheesesteak I've ever had. I didn't yep. think I would like the Wiz. I thought it would be too synthetic for me. But it does, the salt on the Wiz really does help. Um, and even even compared to like provolone, which, which just doesn't carry enough, it no. didn't carry enough salt for me to, but the Wiz really did do it. So I, that's the best one I've ever had is the, and Matt Max just like, strangling a voodoo doll of me uh <laughs> is the one from straight straight from philly down the road here at boulder highway and uh water street or whatever the fuck it is in henderson um but they make a good one and and uh i, I like that one i haven't I, to be honest um if you came here from philadelphia you'd probably fucking hate it just like me here trying to eat an italian beef sandwich and holding a holding a gun in my mouth every day i try to do it i'm like Jesus you know Christ. making making <laughs> Making it with threats. Um, why is the bread? Why is the bread falling apart? Screaming. Um, but yeah, well, try that one. It's pretty good. Straight from Philly. Give it a give it a look. So you haven't found a place uh, that does a good Italian beef in Vegas? Not even fucking close. Nothing. Not shit. <laughs> not shit. I won't. I won't be eating an Italian beef until um, December twentieth, Tony. When I my triumphant return to Chicago should be approximately. Ooh, I'm gonna guess we're gonna put it out. We'll put it on the books now. 18 degrees. Ooh, chilly. Would be my guess. Fahrenheit. Now, quite, uh, quite brisk. Have you? It reminded me of um, somebody feed Phil and his uh, jaunt across to Philly. Have you tried John's roast pork in Philly? And if you have, see. I have I had it at some food hall because I was there for work, and I think that's why it wasn't very good. Um, but I that's the sandwich I really want is the roast pork with the broccoli rob. That sandwich like sings to me. That should be so good. So I gotta I gotta find a way to, to get one that's like legit because when I had it at that food hall, I felt the same way that I do about steaks. I'm like this has no salt. It's bland. <laughs> um, who wants to eat unseasoned pork loin and broccoli? I mean that's not me. Tastes like shit, right? I mean, yep. so the idea of it's amazing. I just needed to have some seasoning on it. Um, anyways, in our Australia, so we talked a little bit about drinking our own beer at Carwin. Nick Nick seems to think, you and Nick seem to think we might be able to pull it off. So yeah. maybe I'll sneak a can. And now, the problem is, do I want to carry any beer around? 
that during the day. So I think we have to decide if that's worth doing. Maybe we could just gather at like, uh, whatever. I have a whole hotel lobby at my disposal, or uh, maybe we find a good spot to do to open to crack some park somewhere, and in a park wherever we don't get in trouble, and uh, and crack a couple beers. So um, I'm not going to jail in Australia. That's really what I don't want to do. So <laughs> no, you'll be fine. I watched. I watched Bart Simpson deal with the law there. I didn't care for his outcome. So. And that, that, of course, is 100% accurate. Um, the boot I is don't need to get real. Booted. Um, Nick gave us some advice on, on seafood and some good uh, fish and chips. I will uh, be taking this. Uh, the one in St. Kilda sounds like a great call. Yep. I do plan, and uh, I do plan on getting some fish and chips as well in Sydney because there's like 100 of places on the walk from Bondi to, to Coogee or whatever. So Coogee, I'm like, yep. yes, I'll just Coogee and I will just pick one. And we got some tips on Bon Me, yes, uh, which has the big Vietnamese um, area in Merrickville. Uh, and then uh, the best sandwich in Melbourne can be found at Jimmy's Deli uh, and the Cat's Deli Tribute Sandwich. And that sounds amazing. Speaking of salt, speaking of getting the amount of the salt for two weeks, uh, that'll be a good way to do it. So I am excited for that. We'll have to we'll have to keep. I, I've put those on my my little map, so we'll nice. uh, good. we'll keep those in mind. Good job. Um. Oh shit! And Nick made a special request of mine that uh, we don't have to read out loud, but he did. Uh, he did ask me to bring a. Uh, so I got to run to Walgreens tomorrow, which I will do. So and see if I can. Is there anything illegal that would keep me from bringing over the counter drugs into the country? Um, what drug are we talking about? Yeah, I'm bringing all my prescriptions. What's up? Um, with your prescriptions, if you've got a copy of the prescription, take a photocopy of it. That'll make it fine. But you I have. I have all the prescriptions, like from my doctor's website or whatever. That's so fine. I printed all that shit. But. Um, like if it's meth, Brazil said no. the same thing, but they never actually asked me for it. So no, I don't know they, if they, will. they never do ask you, but much like going to jail in Australia, it won't likely happen even if you are smoking meth on the street. But you don't want to take the chance. Right. right, that's what Kelly said too. So I did print off all the prescriptions, and I have the full bottles and all that stuff, so I'm good there. But I'm going to have to look up and see, make sure that Nate, um, what is, I think naproxen sodium is a leave um, here, but I will... Uh, Double check and make oh. sure that I get the right thing. So that's what we should. Oh, sorry, that was in the mail keg. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that I was, was in the ma mail keg. Was, was <laughs> Griff mule me some over-the-counter drugs? Rare that anyone asks for American drugs. That's pretty I know. funny. That is funny. Um, <laughs> uh, I will do my best to to get my hands on that, Nick. Um, yeah. Try and get some bargain drugs. Moving on. Uh, oh, well, yeah, this say, is good in the show. Yes. Anybody willing to smuggle drugs into Australia needs to know this tip. Just crack that sucker open. Makes it look like you've had some out of it and it's for your personal use. So that's what I would recommend trying. I think it's worth it for 14 bucks. The worst they'll say is tip it out. So or bin it. In worst cases, if I, if I can, I, I will sign off that I will not purchase a unsealed container of fucking painkillers for, for Nick. So you can count on that. If I do that, it's only because for purposes of getting drugs in, but I, 
I suspect it will be um, a brave. Will be fine. I don't think. I don't think anyone's going to give one shit uh, at all. If you need to foil up and and put it up the old prison purse, you can do that too. Yeah, I shove a twelve dollar bottle of uh, fucking olive in my ass. Very funny. Um. Uh, Nick did have some thought. Uh, well, actually, let's go back to Corey. Corey uh, was uh, quite disagreeable about my hatred of Turkey, our combined hatred of Turkey. Um, now, I think it's... I stand um, by it. I do, I do, too. You stick a turkey in the oven and you roast it for Thanksgiving, it's ass. Um, now... He says a smoked turkey it will change your life as a fried as so uh, and so will a fried turkey. So and he agrees that an oven roasted bird is garbage. Yes, smoked turkey delicious. Soul Belly makes an amazing one. Soul Belly here in Vegas, rubbed with brown sugar, fantastic. Uh, fried turkey, I've never had it, but I believe it. But Tony, this is the point that you and I have made many times. The amount of effort that it takes to make turkey an edible yes. thing is really crazy. Um, when there's so much poultry out there that is like way better and easier to cook. <laughs> yes, and, and you're exactly right. And it's the same that goes for kangaroo. It's not that kangaroo is bad. It, Nick and I had it when I was um, in Melbourne with him, and it was delightful. But the amount of work that goes in to making it um, delightful really isn't worth it when you can make other things delightful for half the effort and less cost um, and less drama. Um, that, yeah. that, the fact is I just want – if I'm going to eat smoked bird, hit me up with those smoked chicken wings, the yes. smoked and fried chicken wings, greatest thing ever. Now, I do like the smoked turkey at Soul Belly. Specific case, fine. I'm not going to argue with you. If you smoke a turkey really well, and, and Corey, I know, has a smoker, and I'm sure he's using it um, at a high level. I'm sure it's coming out good. Uh, great. That's fine. Uh, and honestly, roasting a turkey takes just about as long anyway, so fuck it. Yep. But um, the, fried, the fried one is always blows me away. I would love to try it. I know Popeye's sells them. You can buy them like pre-fried, and you just warm it up. <laughs> I'd love to try it, but um, that's a, that's a similar example, Tony. In, in that case, you have to nearly kill yourself <laughs> to try to make a turkey taste good. And there are so many accidents every year: people <laughs> blowing their house up, killing yep. themselves trying to cook this turkey in Boring the deep fryer. Uh, I know uh, that they're stupid, but it is amazing the work people will go to to just like I'm committed to fucking cooking turkey. I will not cook a cut-up chicken or a Thomas Keller chicken or, and no. Nope. I what? will I will approach death. I will get an engine hoist. I will precariously suspend a chicken over it, and then I will dunk it like it's a, 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 a turkey dunk tank into piping hot oil while I wear flip-flops and um, a wife <laughs> beater. I'll be wearing a hazmat suit. I, I've seen people try to. You've seen the videos of people doing it in their house, and the whole house just immediately explodes and catches fire. It's yep. unbelievable. Um. So yes. Uh. In the end, yes, Corey, I agree. Lots of yummy ways to make turkey. They're all just too hard for me to want to do. I just, I my like I said, my favorite Thanksgiving was where I roasted chicken for Kelly and I. It tasted so good. It was perfect. 
Um, uh, but yeah, Nick, similarly with, with kangaroo, he does say kanga bangas, which are kangaroo burgers. And they, they sound like those over-processed burgers that you buy, like, um, from Walmart or whatever. But I almost kind of want to try one because I'm sure it's horrible. It's just something about trying a, a different country's horrible shit that really <laughs> does appeal to me. I don't know. This is why um, we're two kindred spirits in that regard. I do the same thing with American food, and people don't understand why. But you get me. Yeah, you and I are on the same on the same page on that. Yep. Um, shit food. I actually, did have an MBA right to the soul of like um, what a country's all about. I mean, I had I had Taco Bell Saturday. I know you guys have Taco Bell. Yeah, um, avoid it. I talk, not because it's bad. Yeah, I probably won't have it. Just expensive. Expensive and probably about the same as ours. Um, yeah. And um, and listen, there's just something special about it. You know, even I just like it. I don't even know if I think it's shit. I mean, I know it's shit. It is shit, but it is like, you know, it works. Um, Tony, this NBA video I posted really got me. It was the Washington Wizards. Um down by 20 points, stealing, getting a, uh, a steal and um, doing the throw off the backboard lob while you're down 20 points was, was so funny to me. <laughs> I, I got such a kick out of this. So. Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma. I think the Wizards might be the, one of the most unserious basketball teams yep. uh, in a while here. Now, Otherwise, any- Tony, no. we got anything else? In the kitchen? In the kitchen. In the kitchen. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. This is some serious shit. We ate a couple things in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, of course, thank you, Nick, for posting your up your camping food from Aldi. It looks good. You got a nice mix here. Um, now, he posts here that Domino's will be giving away 30000 of their new limited edition product, now, this product is the Domino's Pepperoni Scented Car Freshener. So, they gave this away, when was this, last Friday? Yep. Yeah, you could get a, uh, a pepperoni pizza scented uh, air freshener. I need to go get your hands on it. How far is your nearest Domino's, by the way? About 10 minutes away in sale. Okay. They don't deliver here. Didn't you bother. have to go to sale. No, nah, didn't bother. Okay. All right. Yeah, I would pass on that too. But would you pass? Uh, they do have on the hefty cinnamon pumpkin spice garbage bags. You guys have scented garbage bags there. Is yeah. this a thing you've experienced? But just like so normally, I have not ever bought one of these. I've never gotten a scented scented garbage bag. Getting one scented like pumpkin spice is just too easy of a joke. Corey's right. Um. It's just such a weird product to me. I don't know. I just I just have a nice closing, tight closing lid on my garbage can. I don't need the garbage to be scented like lemon. It's still going to be garbage in there. It smells bad. Um, I'm fine. Just keep the lid closed. And then um, Corey shared this with us, which was nice. This is from <laughs> Schnucks, which is a grocery store chain in St. Louis, a cool grocery store. The Schnucks Gooey Butter Cake Cream. Uh, this is like a cream liqueur mold of, say, Bailey's Irish cream. Yep. But in this case, it's gooey buttercream. 17% and 
Tony, there's not much of a better way to say this. It looks like a bottle full of jizz. Well, can I make a beer cocktail suggestion? Doing a layered shot with this and amaranth beer. Perfect. Yeah, it's like a black and tan. Uh, <laughs> a yeasty mm. and gooey. Doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I guess it's. I don't know. This is gonna be so vulgar. The crusty boy. It's the. It's a. It's a. It's the cream pie. <laughs> it was just too easy. I couldn't do it. Yeah, it was. It was too easy. I had to do it. All right, that's it. Let's end on that note. Boy, one of our nastiest shows. I'm really proud of this. Hey, you, you, uh, you started this. You spent four hours on. I spent, I spent 35 minutes on the Yoni website. Well, how do we move on to the logger of the week? Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. I do actually have a Lager of the Week, surprisingly enough, and it's out of a four-pack that you'll be trying soon. It's the Pilsner out of the fourth birthday pack that Mountain Culture put together. Um, Delicious Pilsner. Really, really nice. Enjoyed it. Huge fan. The only Lager I had this week was Ianger Pills, so that's my Lager of the Week, and it's a goddamn good Lager, so... What, no, no complaints, but it was uh, nothing interesting this week. We, we're in, I'm a little bit of a lull. I'm excited to get to uh, Australia and get and get a little bit of a just refresh the old uh, mind and palate on some new beer types and new new brands and everything. So yep, I'm excited to do that. But nothing wrong with Ianger pills. Yes, that's what I need more than anything. But uh, it was it was a nice lager. It's always enjoyable. Served in the right glass from our friends over at the Silver Stamp. Thanks to those guys. All right, how about yeah? Hi, Tony. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I had a nice uh, barrel-aged beer this this weekend um, from the gang over at uh, Evil Twin Brewing, New York City. A collaboration with Side Project. This was a Tavor get by Old Griff. Um, speaking nice of spending money, on, you know nice I'm spending money. The Great Northern Barrel Age Series 34... Uh, this is a barrel a barrel aged stout, forty eight months in Willet rye barrels and condition conditioned on Ugandan vanilla. See, I thought I mean, it was just, just a barrel aged version of CUB's swill that they put out here in Australia. Great Northern, Great, yes. Great Northern. <laughs> no, it's uh, you know what? Maybe this was maybe it was meant to be uh, right before I go to Australia that I drink some barrel aged Great Northern, but. <laughs> No, it's a different one. Uh, uh, this was about as char- oak char heavy as it gets. 48 months would make sense for that. The vanilla did balance it out nicely, made it finish. It didn't finish quite so rugged because um, it was a pretty, I mean, 48 months in a barrel. It's a long time. Yep. Um, but definitely some heavy char cleans up nice with the vanilla. A delicious stout. 
from Evil Twin Side Project. Turns out those two get Corey King and Yeppy together, and uh, they can cook up a nice stout. They sure How about can. you, Tony? Uh, my beer of the um, week is a beer that, again, comes out of that four-pack, almost like that four-pack fucking killer for the price. Uh, and it was their pastry stout, and it was their, I think it was, it was a birthday cake pastry stout, um, not too thick, not too okay. creepy, by Mountain Culture, their fourth birthday one. Um, delicious. I'll save the details and the rankings for the game. So Yes, oh, God, the longest game ever, yes. Yeah, I just won't overthink it this time. I won't go through every thought that goes in my head. All right, perfect. Well, Tony, why don't we do a quick uh, edition of Hyper Beaner Dork Shit News? On the right page, it'd be much easier, wouldn't it? There we go. Uh, so we talked about this. Boy, this is the like porniest headline. They all have this every time there's any issue with beer. Trouble brewing. Australian brewers struggle in craft beer recession. So uh, this was a story about uh, the challenges uh, of some of the breweries in Australia to uh, stay out of bankruptcy, a.k.a. you know that's similar to administration. Um, but uh, uh, especially post-COVID, uh, so Bad Shepherd, yep. Victoria uh, in Melbourne, which is a beautiful tap room. you got to give them that. Uh, but they are back uh, churning away. We had um, Ballistic. Uh, yeah. Who got purchased by Queensland brewer Catchment, um, and then we have uh, a few, a uh, couple others that have uh, been mentioned. But uh, as it turns out, uh, brewing, keeping your brewery open, is also hard in Australia. Yeah, it, it really is. Given our um, tax on beer itself and the alcohol tax. Yep. For some reason, they give wineries a huge break on the alcohol tax, but not um, breweries, which is weird considering the amount of people employed with both would be similar, at least on the production side of things. I'm sure the wineries have lavish estates um, that we don't yep. often get in breweries, so they probably employ more staff there. But at least on the production side, it would be similar. And the tax structure doesn't make it easy to survive in a depressed beer market, which I think it is worldwide um, post-COVID. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, um, uh, it would be naive to think that Australia was somehow dodging the problem. (laughs) They're going to deal with this stuff too. They obviously have a uh, somewhat uh, prohibitive tax situation, certainly compared to the U.S., um, not that it's now the U S also has, uh, the complexities. I, I'm sure Australia has this in a different way, but the harsh three tier distribution system, uh, not really, you don't have that at all. No. But yeah. We have um, distribution issues. Don't get me wrong, but you can pretty much sell directly to retailers. It's something that we're looking at it at Mafco and stuff. Um, and it's not, we don't have to go through a three-tiered system. I can get it in the local IGA. Yeah, I think that's a challenge here um, yep. that breweries often deal with. And, and, you know, when you're in Illinois and you brew under a certain amount, you can self-distribute. You can have those relationships. You're on your own. Uh, here in Nevada and many, most other states, you really can't. So, um, 
you know, uh, all of a sudden you're you're getting costs eaten up by distributors. Um, they're 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 taking retail, you know, percentages off of retail price. They're getting discounts, all that stuff. And then you got to fucking bribe them to put them up against Budweiser. So, yep, kind of sucks. So there you go. Uh, oh man, guess who hadn't been in the news for a couple of weeks, Tony? Is it James Watt? Uh, yep, yeah, he's back. He's got his own sticker on our website or on our Discord. And uh, here he is. This is from the BBC. Uh, ex-girlfriend of BrewDog boss James Watt cleared of criminal fraud. But was uh, convicted Emily of fraud in a civil case. Zium. Uh, so, she, yes, I saw this. So, uh, boy, this, this whole story is really funny. So James Watt... Uh, brought a private prosecution against former girlfriend Emily Zim for fraud and malicious communications. This sentence got me. It followed a civil court ruling last year that she fraudulently induced him to paying her 100,000 pounds in Bitcoin. Now, who would have thought James Watt would be a Bitcoin guy? Of course he's a me. Bitcoin guy. Yep. Yeah, I know. I was going to say me. Raise my hand. Yep, 100%. Um. Now, uh, he withdrew his English case um, because he won the civil case in Scotland, according to him, anyways. Um, He didn't feel like he had to pursue it here. And uh, what he alleges, or what he's alleged about this, just I think we might have gone over this, but um, he he paid her this 100,000 pounds in Bitcoin to help him investigate an alleged online conspiracy against him. So she essentially easily, I'm sure, convinced him that everyone's out to get you, yep. you paranoid freak. Uh, it's not because you're a creep or a weirdo. It's just everybody. everybody's out to get you. Pay me 100,000 pounds, please, in Bitcoin, actually. Because <laughs> uh, I, th- I believe it does, just for the record, I think she is also a freak. Oh, um, no doubt. Truly a Elon and Grimes potential match, but we aren't getting the. Uh, they it just it just didn't get to work out. Um, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he in all of his paranoid uh, psychopath behavior paid her a hundred thousand pounds in Bitcoin, and then in in court uh, in Scottish court, she's been ordered to pay the hundred k back and another six hundred k. In damages. So there you go. James Watt, a real sucker. Turns out, because of his uh, being a paranoid psychopath. Uh, it's nice to see um, paranoid psychopaths get taken advantage of from time to time. Why won't anybody yeah. do this with Alex Jones? Oh, yeah. And thought about Alex Jones in at least hours. Oh, Tony, the actor strike is over. Yes, didn't you know that? Uh, no. <laughs> so they'll be back promoting this shit. We'll get a delaying content. <sighs> I do feel for the actors. I oh, think no. they're actually right to pursue this strike action, just like the writers. Oh, yeah. They need to set out groundwork, ground rules for, for minimum pay packets and stuff like that, and also the use of AI going forward. True. Well, how about Bud Light? Lord knows people wouldn't get any news on Bud Light over the next two weeks while I'm gone, so we might as well 
Give it to him now. Uh, this is from St. Louis, disp- the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. 40% of lost Bud Light drinkers are willing to return, says AB's CEO. They haven't yet. So, uh, according to the CEO, Michel Dukery, Dukeris, um, he is confident that the company is bouncing back. Uh, so, hang on, so hang a on. recent survey found that over 40% of lost Bud Light drinkers said they are ready and more open to returning to drinking Bud Light. So they're sitting there doing this survey, drinking a Modelo, single tear rolling down their face, being like, I, I mean, I think I could come back, but I just, I just don't know if I'm ready yet. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's, it's like when they forecast rain, it says 90% chance of rain. But it also made the 10% chance that it won't rain. So what you're telling me is of those people that are left, 60% of them say they're never coming back. They're dead to you right now. Never coming back. And 40%, maybe one day, five, ten years down the track, maybe we'll come back to you. But 60%, gone forever. That's how I read that article. You can put a, a, a positive spin on it. But it's only 40%. That's under half, according to my math, of lost sales are never coming back. And maybe they'll never come back to beer. So according to this, AB uh, InBev is seeing customers return to brands like Bush Light and Michelob Ultra. Um, they expect these beers, in addition to Bud Light, to recover their trajectory for April. Now, according to Dave Dave Bump Williams of Bump Williams Consulting, God, uh, which specializes in the alcoholic beverage industry. The story for Bud Light has not changed in either direction. Uh, Trends remain roughly the same. Uh, Consumers seem to be continuing with their newfound behaviors in the post-fallout months. Uh, Sounds like COVID. Uh, I personally think that it will be difficult to recover all of the lost Bud Light drinkers. For April, I agree. No shit, probably shit. won't. So, sorry about you, Bud Light. Uh, again, uh, they, uh, it's, um, I, I, whatever. It's, I just think it's funny. I mostly I read this because I thought it was funny that uh, it's this idea that somebody's sitting around thinking about, oh man, you know what? Those were good times, you know. Yep. Like, like remembering an old girlfriend, you're like, man, she was a freak. You know, I could really get into some. And Bud you know Light. what? So was Bud Light. Yeah. Yeah. We got freaky together. Reminds me of the, Bud Light right, and the two right. of us. That reminds me of the good times, having a Bud Light uh, standing out uh, at a Kid Rock show, you know. Yep, with my uh, cool. subscription to Amaranth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> watching that on my phone while I kind of pretend to cheer for Kid Rock. Yep, watching OnlyFans videos on my phone. Uh, yeah, having a great time. All right, Tony. Well, that's enough of that bullshit. Uh, I think it's time for a game. Uh, you want to play some competing un- untrapped games? Uh, yep. Now, here's what happened though. You and I got into a tussle, uh, and we've both fallen down the well. Yes. And uh, they only have one. Uh, <laughs> they Kelly's only, only have... able to throw one one length of rope down there. No, no, no. This is how it works out. There's a ladder, but we both know that it's only good enough to hold one of us. The second we step on that 
that next step, we've got to be out of there. So, yeah, one yep. person can be held up on the ladder, not two people. So we've got to do an old-fashioned uh, mental game of, of Rochambeau or arm wrestling or UFC. That's what we're doing. We're really throwing down mentally about beer in a game. All right. But you all love to sing along with the theme. It's up there with a the theme from Somebody Feed Phil as one of the great modern theme songs anywhere in the world. Hey. Why am I on the wrong page? Hey, everyone. Uh, I apologise. I was playing something else. Let's try that again. Man, that was such a good lead-in too. That's so good. Very good. All right. How do we want to do this, Tony? How many you got? I'm only going to do. I'm only going to do three of mine. So pick three I'll, of I'll yours. Do, I'll do three. Three sounds good. Um, I'll start off because uh, right. you, you're more entertaining. So we'll leave them wanting more. Uh, we'll do it one at a time. Do it that way. Uh, this one's called Kettle from Mountain Culture Beer Co. Uh, it's a pastry stout. Uh, there are a hundred check-ins. It's our fourth birthday. This year we've invested in the state-of-the-art four-vessel German-engineered brew house. And for our fourth birthday, we wanted to make it part of the celebration. So for a short time on our exciting day at the end of September, four beers sat in four vessels of our brew house at exactly the same time. Now you're holding one of the four beers that celebrates our love for cake. We're going with an indulgent birthday cake, Imperial Stout, because it's really, is it really a birthday without cake? Thank you for celebrating with us. I hope you enjoy it. Um, it is eleven percent, and as I said, a hundred check-ins. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with a four point two seven. Dude is looking like he's on the first step of that ladder. Four point two three. So yes, yeah, pretty Very delicious. Good. All right, Very good. All right, we up next. You're up next, Tony. Do you want to do alternating, or you want to? Yeah, do, you we'll do alternating. Through? All right, all right, Tony. First one I got for you. This is from one of your favorite breweries. Um, it's called Peche de Fermier uh, from Side Project Brewing. Ooh. For the second blend of Peche de Fermier after barrel fermentation and the maturity of our Saison de Fermier, we racked the beer to mostly neutral French oak wine, red wine barrels with peaches and allowed it to re-ferment to maturity for more than a year. Uh, the more neutral oak, when compared to the first blend, offers a softer mouthfeel, allowing the fruit to continue the shine uh, to shine. Unlike most of our fruited beers, where we have been increasing the fruiting rates yearly to find what balance uh, that we desire, between our acidity and the fruit. For Peche de Fermier, we kept the amount of fruit the same to f- allow the base beer of Saison de Fermier to continue to shine. It's 8% farmhouse ale. It has 1,786 ratings. This seems like an absolute banger. I'm going to go with 4.43. 
He got it. He's in. 4.46. Yes. Oh. 4.46 for Tony. Very good. Okay. Uh, all right. This is the 2023 version of a beer that shares its name with one of my favourite ca- cartoons back in the day that they used to play on the ABC. It is Ramjet from Boat Rockers Brewers, Brewers and Distillers. Ramjet 2023 is even more special than ever. ever. Significant 10 years of big, bold and boozy brilliance. As always, this incredible stout is carefully salad, um, integrating the flavours beautifully, dark roast malts, low carbonation, and with our signature hit, whiskey hit, are all best delivered around 8 degrees Celsius. So even some serving notes from the guys at Boat Rockers. There are 117 check-ins for this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, does anybody have anything to say about this? Not no adjuncts in this. No adjuncts. This is the straight version. Just barrel. Yep. Barrel-aged or no? Yeah, barrel-aged. Definitely barrel-aged and salad. Yep. Uh, who says this? Uh, Karen A says, super roasty and rich with some dark malt sweetness and a touch of barrel, vanishing, washing over lingering bitterness. Sensational as per usual exclamation point. Well, this is tough. No adjuncts, no only a hundred check-ins. But man, I know people love this beer. I'm gonna say four point three four. Oh, you went too high. Four point two two. Ah, yeah. See, that's what I never. I, yeah, that's, see, that's where I'm inexperienced here. <laughs> Non-adjunct. I was like, "What are Australia? Do Australians like the adjuncts or hate the adjuncts?" I yep. didn't know. So it's the same as here. Uh, it's uh, boy, I love this barrel, but I wish I had a cupcake in it. I would really put it over the top. All right, Tony's got the edge. He's uh, he here. He is here. We got one for him. I think this is going to be an interesting one for you. Um, this one is called the Distant Feeling. Of unambiguous altruism. And you can take a guess what brewery this is from. Oh, I'm going to uh, say Sierra Nevada. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what? There's a Sierra Nevada not far from where these guys are, but uh, it is from Burial. <laughs> this has 325 ratings, 15%. It is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout with mezcal barrel-aged Mexican vanilla beans. So, uh, of course, you know i got to read the goofy... Right up here. Somewhere beyond the construct of our own knowledge, the passenger here inside this vast terrestrial course, so far away from our cosmos, and confined by the structures we knew we needed to visit, plundered by visualizing the landscapes of a distant countryside, we forayed a new meshing of two distinct spaces. The blending of our traditional Kentucky bourbon collection of stouts was married with the small batch aging of Mexican-sourced vanilla beans in a small mezcal cask, the beans were then added to a select bend of Willet bourbon barrel-aged imperial stouts sitting inside our barrel house for more than a year. A sip of Mexican hot chocolate accompanied by an espresso martini with the agave spirit while the torch smokes the creme brulee. So a 15% burial barrel-aged imperial stout with mezcal vanilla beans. What do you think? I think 
just comes down a touch. Sounds amazing, by the way. Yeah, it does sound amazing. I'm going to go with 4.38. All right, Tony's dialed in. 4.36 on this one. Uh, he's he's plugged in here. I'm in trouble. Uh, I'm going to be spending my trip. Uh, I'm fucking uh, look. I, mean, I guess digging, seeing what Tony's been doing down there. <laughs> finally, you get to. I'm not sure I'm going to be too happy to find it no, out either. I don't. I don't uh, claim that joint. Ugh. No. <laughs> uh, all right. On the plus side, Last you could 20. probably get some lactobacillus out of that thing. <laughs> It is true. I mean, it doesn't tell me much, but all right. Now, uh, th- all right, Tony. This I need this one. A hint, um, because I probably mentioned this rating the other week, but you might have forgotten about it because it would have been my beer when I checked it in. It's one more, once more, into the fray by Deeds, twenty twenty three. Not a big description here, so we'll eventually read some of the comments. I think. Uh, this imperial stout was aged in bourbon barrels for 12 months, resulting in thick chocolate notes backed by vanilla, bourbon and oak. There are 22 check-ins. Sorry, the oh, numbers are, are so small. But what I will say is this is in parallel with other years. These ratings tend to hold up and don't come down much from where they are now. Uh, Av, who have we got here? Tim says, with a full stop after every word, buy this beer. Man, uh, he's excited. It does sound good. Yep. And I mean, this sounds amazing. It's an- another non-adjunct barrel age, yeah. right? There's no... Michael H., his review is longer than the actual spiel on the beer. Chocolate aroma instantly on opening a can. Pours thick and dark with a velvety brown head. Tastes of chocolate, hazelnut, vanilla, and bourbon. Smooth... This sounds and a little bit syrupy. Tastes great. Looking forward to seeing how it ages. It sounds like a little bit like I don't want to put deeds in the Horace camp because that's unfair. But they're doing the it, more like barrel. They're doing the long. These are this is a long boil stout. I'm guessing even compared yeah. to the boat rocker, right? I'm thinking this is a yeah. long boil stout. I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna bump this up a little bit from where that was. Uh, that's going to be dangerous. I'm going to say like 4.29. Oh, way low. 4.59. Oh. oh, come on. No non-adjunct <laughs> stout gets that unless it's beer barrel time. All right, I'm gonna, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Sounds good. Throw one down for me. Uh, Tony, we'll do one more for fun uh, for you. Actually, you know what? Uh, we'll just do one more, and I'll just tell you the other stuff I'm bringing. Uh, let's go this way. So... I was excited that I have some more of this left other than me just wanting to drink it. Um, but, you know, lucky you, I did not drink all of it. This is called Cuvée de Grasse by Revolution Brewing Company. Tony, this is my best way to pretty much introduce you to all of the Revolution beers at once. Uh, it is a blend of barrel-aged beers consisting of 31% VSO Boss Ryeway. 17% VSO Gravedigger, 13% XO Dark Mode, 12% D-Star, 10% D-Star Fontainebleau Royale French Oak, 10% D-Star Troncles Forte French Oak, 7% VSO Gravedigger Extreme Vanilla French Oak. That's what it is. It's 15.9%. 
It has 1,431 ratings. Uh, How does this I not guess score I can five across it. the board? Uh, I'm Looking going... through a couple reviews, uh, we have this one from Kuma's Corner Schomburg. They had this on draft at Kuma's Corner Schomburg. What the fuck? Sweet Mother of Yes. And then two hard eye emojis. That's from uh, Corey Voss. David, uh, no, let's go with John Q, because I love this. Uh, boozy Woody, Big Sipper. Incredible barrel, as I anticipated. Revolution never, ever disappoints. A touch sweet, but it's my birthday. Don't know. <laughs> Related. Happy birthday. Thank you, John. Uh, Tony, I love this beer. Yep. Uh, this was an excellent beer, uh, but it is, you know, planet Earth is is all I'll say. But anyways, you're safe. You're going to win this thing. Yep. What do you think? Cuvée de Grasse 2023. I feel like this is a beer that only gets checked in by beer snobs, so therefore it's going to have a harsher rating than what it should. Uh, it's four point. Uh, 4.52. Oh, you just missed. Um, uh, being in the zone, I mean, it's 4.41, depressingly. Um, that's where I was originally. Uh, this go. was this was maybe my favorite one of the year so far. Um, beer yep. of the year candidate. Uh, so I'm excited to bring that to you, Tony. I'm bringing those now, those I- three, of course. The- the Peche de Fermier, you did not have Peche de Fermier, just to make sure, right? Yep. At the um, I don't think Arwin. so. Okay, because I, I looked and and I looked up the word Peche in our fucking Discord to make <laughs> sure, because I feel like I would have said like, "Oh God, Peche de Fermier." But uh, the other ones I'm bringing, uh, Tony, I'm bringing my 19.2 ounce can of D Star. I'm excited yes. for that. <laughs> my big fucking D Star. Uh, I'm bringing a 12-ounce can of the half-acre double-barrel Catch Hell. Uh, if you want to do a real quick... Here, let's do a, let's do a blaze mode untrapped on that one. Uh, it is uh, with... It's um, double-barreled with uh, Madagascar vanilla and Saigon cinnamon by half-acre. What do you think? With 550 ratings. Uh, 4.55? Yeah, 4.61. And uh, the I am also bringing the um, fuck the uh, uh, psychobabble the um, aerial triple IPA heavy resin, which is getting a four and a half uh, with two thousand ratings on uh, on Untap. So that's the plan right now. Uh, that's what I'm hauling out there. Uh, I'm excited to share those with you. I think you're really going to like them. And uh, uh, and then I'm going to bring home a bunch of beers, so hopefully I don't uh, exceed my 70-pound limit, which is more than enough. Well, I'm just going to throw in one last one for you to guess at. Uh, it's by Boat Rocker again. Uh, a blend of different barrels, vintages, create the perfect um, se- selection of berries, raspberries, red currants, black currants, sour cherries, and boysenberries. Each provide its own distinct flavour when combined to create a wonderful fruit character that complements the natural notes of the base beer the beer is called wild berry um and it's a um sour flanders red ale what packaging does that come in is in it a bottle can? no bottle you might want to drink that one over here percentage uh percentage 6.2 4.11 you sneak in there you sneak in 4.02 
which is pretty good okay, for good. an Australian sour. It is good. Adid's just dropped a sour that looked amazing, and I didn't pre-order it. I didn't pre-order because I thought we'd get it at the brewery. Those are all hand. I think we'll just get it. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah! All right, I've actually got one of those in the fridge. Not not that particular vintage, but I do have one of those sitting in my fridge. We might crack that when you're in Mapra. Oh yeah! All right. Well, Tony, that was a good time. Uh, It's time uh, just for the. It's time for me to leave uh, the United States for a couple weeks. A heads up for our friends and our listeners uh, that we will be off for the next two weeks. I, we're uh, partying. assuming, uh, I will be partying uh, next week on this day. I'll be still in Sydney. In two weeks, I will be in. I'll be at at Tony's fucking house. No, <laughs> next <laughs> week you'll be on your way to Melbourne at this time. Well, you'll actually be landed in. Oh, Melbourne. that's right. It's it's the day after. Yeah, it's yeah. Right. I'm an idiot. Yep. Um, you are. Anyways, <laughs> whatever. Time is time is all. It's a construct. Whatever. It is a construct. So is money. That's what why putting it on your phone is the best thing that you can do because it just shows how yeah. much of a construct it, money. Guess what? And time, the time and my money are all on my phone, so that's convenient. I can just do it all there. Boom. Mind uh, blown. Tony, why don't you tell everybody, before uh, we head off for a couple of weeks, why don't you tell everybody how they can reach us? You know, the best place to check us out, aside from Instagram, and we are at Beer Engine Pod on Instagram, is to join us on Untapped. And I have to sort through my notifications, see if anybody's tried to friend me lately and I've ignored them. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Uh, that man across from me who will soon be across from me in person as we drink our way through Australia is Griff AD, uh, also on Untapped. If you want to send us an email, we are beerengineshow at gmail.com and you can get a personalised note from ChatGPT as we won't use a pro forma response, but we will use AI to respond to you. Or you can send us a tip. That's ko-fi.com forward slash beerenginepodcast. That's right. Uh, and of course, if you want to join us on our Discord uh, and chit chat with us, which is always very fun, uh, just go to our website, uh, which is beerengineshow.com. Click on the little video game controller slash subway controller. Subway? Sub. Yeah. And maybe it would control a subway. <laughs> maybe it the would. subway sandwich. Is I think it controls subway sandwiches. That's what I thought you were uh, saying. I wasn't thinking. <laughs> yeah, of the it trains. controls a submarine. Was the bit. Um, is uh, uh, you can click that and it will take you directly into our Discord. Or just uh, if that doesn't work, drop us an email, send us a note on Instagram. We will get you added. No problem. Uh, all right, Tony. Until uh, just about a week from now, uh, we will. Uh, but for our listeners, it'll be about. I think we'll be we'll be back just after uh, Thanksgiving on the 29th of November with some more of this wacky. James Watt slash Bud Light related content for your ears. Farewell. Oh, and if any American, especially Vegas local, is looking for something to do, can I recommend the Las Vegas Grand Prix? I can. I shall. Of course. Yep. Goodbye.